Hi everyone, before this episode starts, I want to let you all know what this episode is going to be about. So, just letting you all know that this episode contains discussion of suicide and the ideation of suicide. So there are numbers that I will be saying out loud if you are in a crisis or you're thinking about suicide. And these are the numbers. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. The Trevor Project, 1-866-488-7386. The Veterans Crisis Line, it's 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. And the Crisis Text Line, text TWLOHA to 741741. And Options for Death and Hard of Hearing, 1-800-799-4889. I will leave the numbers to these organizations in the description box below. Hi everyone, welcome back to the IS Podcast. On this episode, I have my good friend Femina with me. We talk about mental health. I know a week ago or so actually was World Mental Health Day and I wanted to talk about it. Vamina um, and I share what we went through, and I just want to make a disclaimer here that we are not experts at this topic, nor professionals, so I will leave resources and links in the description box below. Um, so yeah, so enjoy this episode. <laughs> Hi, Felina. Hi. Hi, everyone. Cool. Um, so, about mental health, like, how did you, like, learn about it? Like, what did you know about it, like, before? Like, how did you, I guess, like, learn about this topic? I guess um, maybe it wasn't exactly, I don't know, it's hard to say, like, when I first learned about it. So, I remember as a young kid, um, so I, I'm... I'm Bengali American. My parents are both from Bangladesh, but I grew up in Vermont, very rural, white Vermont, where there aren't a lot of resources for people of color. I mean, there are, but it's really, you know, few and far between. I remember as a little kid, I actually started going to um, my, like, my school, you know, like public school had counselors, and I actually just started going to them, you know, making appointments, um, either when I had free time or whenever I could. Um, I don't know if I was necessarily at that age, I think it was like probably middle school, I don't know if I was like conscious that going to a counselor had something to do with mental health. I just like talking to them um, and they weren't, you know, my friends necessarily who were mostly white and then they also weren't my parents. So they were kind of like an unbiased, you know, person. Um, another thing is it, when I was young, my my mom, my uncle, my mom has a brother who um, has a um, mental illness, and 
I think when I was first exposed to that, my parents' culture is very, I think, I think it's evolving a little bit now, but it's very, they see it as a very taboo thing and they see it as like, like a dis, I don't know, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. Like they, they see it as something negative. Um, like the, the person, whoever it is that has this mental illness is like not capable or, you know what I mean? So I think that's, those were my early exposures as a young person. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I learned about it when I was in high school, actually, because of a program that I did. And, like, it was really interesting because, like, that day, it was, like, one, like, so the program that year, my, I guess, like, group mentor of that group for all of us, um, it was, like, a mental health day, I guess. And, like, she invited one of her friends, psychologist, and, like, um... She was gave us a presentation about, um, she so the psychologist <laughs> gave us a presentation about like Asian American like mental health and she had like data and like she talked about like um, some people like I guess some patients and like she talked about how like one of the patient like who was a kid and asked him to describe his mom like which animal and he used a tiger and. The mom, so she asked the mom, like, how do you think your kid described you as, like, which animal? She's like, a rabbit. And she was surprised that her son used a tiger to describe her. So it was, like, really interesting. And she was talking about, like, all the data and statistics on, like, uh, mental health or, like, in Asian American, like, women especially. And, like, which countries um, who has the highest, like, I don't know what people call it now, but died by suicide, I guess. Um, I guess yeah. is the term for it now. And, like, which country has the highest and, like, everything like that and the factors that may or may cause, may or may not cause, like, um, why they made that decision. And, like, it was my first exposure to it, and I really never thought about, like, mental health ever until that day. And, like, it really, really resonated with me because I was just like, well, I feel like, I'm not trying to generalize, but I feel like in, like, Asian culture, like, we all talk about, like, education and, like, jobs and, like, saving face and, like, not to embarrass your family. Like, all those similarities. And, like, I don't know, I just feel like it's one of the factors why it causes people, like, mental health to go down a bit. Yeah, no, I would say I 100% agree. I know that... My, me and my family are from, you know, South Asia, and sure, like, within Asian um, countries, our cultures are super different, but I think that, like, that, what you just explained about, like, saving face, education, making sure you don't, like, uh, shame the family name or whatever, like, that's also really important in South Asian culture, so, like, I 100% agree with you. I would say my first conscious exposure, like, kind of how you're explaining what happened, like, in high school with the psychologist doing the presentation, I would say it was high school for sure, that I, like, knew, like, vaguely, not, maybe I didn't, like, put the 
phrase to what it was exactly, but like, you know, talking about depression and talking about like mental health and how to like, you know, stay quote unquote healthy or whatever. Like, I think it was definitely high school that I was conscious of it more. And then in college, I mean, that's when, you know, we all, we all talked about it um, Mm -hmm. for sure. So, yeah, I think like, cause I feel like, um, I've heard, like, my parents would talk about, and not that they've never talked about mental health, but for them, their idea of mental health is, like, there's something wrong with this person. Like, they know it's mentally, but then they're, like, because it's mental, like, it's in your head, so just get over it, and you'll be fine. Like, there's nothing to worry about. And then I'm just, like, no. Like, why? Why? I don't even know where that mentality came from. I don't know, because, like, they feel like they've came to the country and they overcome so many obstacles. So then they're like, okay, you should be able to. I don't know. That's my feeling. I don't know, like, how other people feel about it. But I just feel like that's the idea. I'm not trying to generalize, but that's how my parents view it as. And I'm just like, well, you know, it gets me so mad every time. Because I'm just like, why is it so important that, like, your education or, like, First of all, your family don't like don't bring bring shame to your family or don't air your dirty laundry to the world or like saving face. Like, why are all those things so important? Like, is it that important? And it just like makes me so mad every time when I think about it, because I'm just like people are just because of these stresses it's just like not healthy at all. So when you are mentioning the whole like your family views it as like, oh, just get over it um, kind of mentality or like your family or whoever's family who's, you know, an immigrant family comes to the U.S. or whatever Western country and kind of has to overcome all that stuff. So then they kind of have to like bury it and get over it. That is exactly how my parents are more so my dad views it. And it's so funny because, well, not funny, but um, ironic Uh because I had a conversation with my parents a few weeks ago because they came to visit me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of told them I had kind of been keeping something from them for a few months that I had wound up um, going to the hospital because of like mental health related things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't know mm-hmm. um, until when they came here. Um, and because of that, I don't work at the place that I was working at at the time anymore and my dad literally said that and was my mom was defending me she was like hey like not everyone is going to be able to deal with this like you did talking to my dad Mm -hmm. and he said you know Femina when um you were in um high school and we were going through all those financial issues and I had um got laid off my job and then we're going through all those financial issues like I basically he was saying like I should have gotten depression. I should have wanted to kill myself, but I got over it. That's literally what he said to me as I was telling him, Dad, I went to the hospital a few months ago because of depression. And when you said, like, oh, my parents see it as you should just get over it, that was so, that particular story was so stuck in my mind that, like, that's how, I mean, I don't know if my parents or particularly my dad will you know, open up because he's, mm-hmm. he's a little older. He's in his sixties. So like, I think he's kind of set already in his ways. Like, obviously like my parents like 
now they're like super vigilant they're not like texting me all the time being like are you okay are you okay you know yeah but like that oh my god like I related so much to what you just said that was like it just like I don't even I don't even know it just like mind boggled me (laughs) so that's that's I feel like that's kind of a similarity with not even just like Asian American cultures but like people were Latinx or African or you know like or African American like they view it similarly again I don't want to generalize like what you said but Mm -hmm. like like because it's that whole immigrant story like I came here I sacrificed a lot to leave my country I came to this the U.S. or whatever again whatever western country to have quote-unquote a better life so I need to just like dissociate and bury everything and just make sure that I save face and like make sure that everything seems okay you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so yeah for sure um, so I feel like, for me, one of my, I, I think, like, when I was in, when I was in college, I think it's when I first experienced, like, my mental health, like, in crisis mode, um, but I think it was, like, junior year is all because of, like, friendships and stuff like that. <laughs> it wasn't really about academic, academically-wise, I was, because of what happened with my, like, relationships, it really led me toward, like, my education, like, so much into it and just, like, really signing up for, like, higher, like, classes. What do you call this? Oh, higher level classes. And then, like, um, but then I think, like, post-college is when I really, really felt it because, like, senior year, you're just, like, okay, like, after senior year, you're just, like, I, I'm done. Like, I've reached, like, the goal of, like, not only me but my parents like okay I finished college for you guys like I graduated I got a degree and then like and then I think like going to Taiwan really triggered a lot of things for me it was really weird it was a really weird timing too because like I was like okay so I'm like in this other place I don't really know the people there I didn't even know the people that were in my program yet and it was really awkward really weird and then I think like being like Asian American in Asia is, like, a totally different um, story. Um, like, I shared with you guys when we were doing ATI, um, I just talked about how I felt very confusing because, like, I'm Asian-American, there's Asian people there, like, we should be able to, like, culturally understand each other. But right. it was really difficult for them to understand me and for me to understand their ways, too. And it was such a confusing time with my identity, and I was just, like, an identity crisis mode, too. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I want, either. And I was like, I'd rather be doing, like, videos about food that I've been eating or (laughs) blogging about them or doing, you know, like, non-related, like, learning Chinese stuff. And so, yeah, I think, like, that was really when it took a toll on me. And I don't know if it's because, like, because I'm away from my family, maybe that's part of it. Or maybe it's because the familiarity that I lost the sense of familiarity when I was there. It was nice to, like, go to all these different places to eat food and, like, all these, like, awesome places. And, like, the transportation is awesome. I give them props for that. But, like, (laughs) culturally, I just couldn't, I just couldn't be there because I just, like, 
nobody really understands me. And it was really weird because, like, I have friends who are basically, they say, quote-unquote, American because they're white. And they view them more American than me. And they're just saying, because I my parents are both Asian and they weren't born here in America, so they're not, like, quote-unquote, like, fully American. So, like, I'm not fully American and more Asian than American. But so basically, it was just too much for me. I just couldn't handle it. And it was not fun at all. I had no fun there. Aww. Yeah. Even though, like, my friends... Like, I would actually vlog, vlog when I was in Taiwan, and I would, like, show food and stuff to my friends. And then they would always, like, comment or message me, just like, oh, or like, I'll take a lot of food pictures and I put it on Facebook. And I was like, they're like, oh, so awesome. Like, like you're doing all these things and da 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 And then, like, that was the time when I hated social media. I was like, because, like, everyone around me is like, okay, they're like, oh, like, it was really weird because, like, after college, a lot of people go through a lot of things. So, like, oh, I got a job. Oh, I'm going to grad school. Oh, like, I got married. Oh, I'm engaged. Or, like, blah, 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 blah. All these, like, quote-unquote, like, life milestones people have reached. And then you're just like, wow. Like, at the time, I was like, wow, I'm, like, here, and I don't feel like I'm achieving much, and I'm just, like, doing this. So that was, like, a really weird experience for me. But it was also, in a way, I'm thankful for that experience because because of what happened there, I realized that I don't want to do something that makes my parents happy. I know they they were really disappointed when I came back. and um, But then now I'm just like, I am not going to risk my mental health for them anymore because that's just not how I'm going to live. So, yeah. Okay. That was it. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. No. Um, yeah. I would say my first, like, pivotal... Wow, that's such a strong word, pivotal (laughs) um, time where I had, like, a mental health crisis was I was, oh, God, it was either 16 or 17 years old, and I was in high school, Mm -hmm. and I remember feeling, and I don't remember what it's particularly stemmed from, but I felt extremely, like, burdened, Mm -hmm. and I felt that, like, I wasn't good enough for my parents, and that I wasn't a good child. I'm an only child, too. Same, me too. That's another thing. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, in addition to being brown in, like, the whitest state in the United States, Mm -hmm. um, in a kind of rural, not too rural, I was, like, kind of suburban area, but, um, I was feeling so burdened. I was feeling, like, super depressed. I didn't feel like I was good enough for my parents or good enough at all. And I had gone to school, and I went and told one of my friends that I wanted to, you know, hurt myself. I wanted to kill myself. So she wound up telling a teacher. So we had, in my high school, we had, like, something called, like, the Learning Center, which is basically there are a bunch of adults there that are tutors and even, like, you know, you can go with your friend and yeah. just, like, study, mm-hmm. or those adults could tutor you, mm-hmm. and so I always hung out in there because I always needed help with one thing or another, mm-hmm. so she wound up telling, pretty much, he, he was, like, the director of the learning center, mm-hmm. um, and then they, because, you know, they're mandatory reporters, they had to tell the emergency counselor, and what happened was, I think I was, like, in English class or something, and they called... They took my, they called my parents, um, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. 
um, they called my parents from work mm. to come to my school and we had a talk and like my school is like 20 minutes driving from my house. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a way and they both had to come from their work. So it was interesting because it was me, my parents, like obviously it was taken out of class, mm. me and my parents and the counselor and what kind of like, I don't know, like they drove me home and everything. And then what was interesting was my dad was saying like, you know, we love you, like never think that we don't and all this stuff. But I, there's definitely like a disconnect because I, you know, in high school and younger than that, I would never even have dreamt of seeing like a therapist. Yeah. Because first of all, my parents wouldn't like agree with that stuff. Like they, growing up now it's a little bit different but growing up my parents always thought like psychiatrists or therapists were like not real doctors even though they literally have to get a doctorate or a phd yeah psychiatrists have to get a medical degree like mm-hmm. a medical like they go through med school just like any like medical surgeon mm-hmm. doctor that you see in the hospital or whatever so they didn't believe that they're like oh whatever yeah sure they have like a phd but they don't count right so not only that but in vermont where it's like 99 percent white like i'm never gonna find a therapist who could relate to me right mm-hmm. so it's my parents like not agreeing with therapy and then on top of that not being able to find anyone mm-hmm. so but there's definitely a disconnect and i think that was the first time where I kind of knew, like, I definitely have depression, but obviously I've been, I've literally been undiagnosed until, like, early this year. Mm -hmm. So it's been, like, 10, 11 years. Um, And, yeah, like, earlier, yeah, definitely earlier this year. And, like, there's definitely a disconnect. And, like, all throughout this time, I never, ever talked to my parents about this. Mm -hmm. There was, like, I think you mentioned, like, your parents randomly talking about it, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, my dad has mentioned, like, depression here and there, like, randomly. And then I always wonder, like, maybe what if my dad or my mom have it, but they never talk, you know, like, they never talked to me about it either. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was definitely my first, like, I'm not going to say spiral, but when I, like, first, like, yeah, I guess pivotal moment, Mm -hmm. like, of realizing, oh, and, like, yeah, like, it's a real thing. Like, Mm -hmm. people deal with this. And a thing that you were mentioning when you were in Taiwan about, like, social media. So Mm -hmm. I was going to talk about how, like, it's, I'm not going to say it's totally destigmatized, but yeah. the way that it has become less stigmatized is social media. And, like, sure, like, there, obviously there's so much downfall to social media, mm-hmm. but I think, like, that's one reason why a lot of our generation, not just Asian Americans, but people of yeah. all identities, like, have been able to talk about it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um I know that, like, once I graduated high school, went into college, I started advocating a lot about it, and I noticed that I was one of very few people of color that very much advocated for mental health. I was in a club in college um, that was called To Write Love on Our Arms, and it's a national organization, actually international too, I believe, um, that talks about the stigma and, like, 
um, like depression, like um, depression, mental health, um, self-harm, suicide, like all um, addiction, like all that kind of stuff. And I noticed when I kept going, you know, to the club meetings, I was like, there were sometimes randomly people of color would come for sure. But I was like one of the people that was very uh, of much of a regular that went. Um, but even that organization blew up because of social media. And I think that's, I mean, that's kind of even one reason why I wanted to be like, why I said, yeah, sure. I'll be on your podcast because like, it's such a easy way to be like, Hey, I'm not really having a good day. Do I have a friend out there that can help me out? Mm. And you know, can I talk to somebody? And now with Facebook, it's a little different because obviously you have to put your name on it. But before at times there could be like an anonymity to it. Like, I don't know if you went on like AIM as a kid. I definitely did. Yeah. 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 But like, you obviously are hidden behind a screen name and yep. unless your friend, your friends generally knew who you were, but yeah, you yeah, couldn't yeah. talk to other friends mm-hmm. or like your crush or someone like who didn't know who you were. And there was like, they might not know you. Like, so I think that's one easy thing about talk, like breaking the stigma about mental health. Mm-hmm. Like online is such an easy platform. You don't have to in person go to a therapist or go to a friend or like even call them you can just chat online and it's easy mm-hmm. um and i think that's one big reason why our generation is way more open to it than our parents generation i mean obviously with our parents there's the cultural thing uh-huh. for sure which is like way more than the whole like internet thing mm-hmm. but i think that's like i don't know i think that's like super cool and, and important and i see not just you, but, like, so many of my friends talking about it, like, openly. People who are LGBTQ, people mm. with other um, other abilities, like, people with immigrant parents, without immigrant parents, like, whatever. Like, um, and I find it so, like, helpful because I wind up, like, reading their posts or whatever. And it helps me because I'm like, wait, like, I really am not the only person dealing with this, you know? Like, at the time, I did view, like, social media as something, like, I really hated. But then later, because, as you said, like, Facebook and, like, social media is such a way for people to post about, like, express, like, how they feel and everything. I feel like it wasn't until, like, I feel like it wasn't until, like, when 13 Reasons Why came out and also, like, Uh when Prince Harry shared, like, how he dealt with, like, his mental health issues, and then all of a sudden, like, everyone, like, I just felt like there was a wave of, like, everyone, people just started talking about it more vocal, like, much more louder than before. It wasn't, like, it wasn't being talked about, but it just suddenly became such a big thing that just came about, like, everyone started talking about it. And then, like, different, like, celebrities would talk about, like, how they're struggling and everything like that, and, like, Oh my goodness. And I was just like, whoa, what the heck? I was like, this is crazy. But this is awesome. I'm like, this is awesome that people are sharing. And like, I don't know. And But also when you said like how like when people share and like people feel connected. And then I found out like, I don't know. I just felt like now I use social media and like Instagram to more like do like art stuff and expressing like how I feel and stuff like that. 
So it's, like, a different way of looking at it now versus, like, back then. And, like, I think, like, as for me, when I found out, like, there was something, like, wrong with me was, well, not wrong, but, like, I needed help was, like, when I, what did I say wrong? I think I just got used to saying that. But, um, when, (laughs) when, um, when I was in my dorm room and I just, like, laid in my bed and I just didn't want to go to class because I was just, like, staring at the ceiling and then I was just, like, I just, like, was not happy and I just, like, cried and then I would not go to class at times and then, like, yeah, and then, like, that happened in college but also when I was in Taiwan, but when I was in college, I, I feel like, when you're in college, um, you really need to know the resources and services that they offer for you. Um, not only because you pay to go to school, but it's also like for just to like you know help yourself. And I think like for me, I learned about like um, there were like counseling centers in our on campus. Um, I learned about it when. I did my orientation and like the one of the counselors came to our orientation and we did activity and then like he told us like about the importance of mental health and like um, how these services are also offered on campus and it's free and then he's like you guys could stop by the office anytime and then like I went my senior year and then like it's my first time going to anything like mental health like related anything and like he was just, we were just talking, and, like, he was, like, giving me tools, and, like, helping me, like, analyze, like, the situation, and everything like that, and, like, asking me questions, and it felt really, like, as you said, really good when you talk to someone that's, like, not your family, and, like, they just don't really know you that much, you know, and, like, um, yeah, so then I was just, like, okay, and then, like, in Taiwan, on campus, there's also a counseling center, and, like, I also went to see her, but then it was really weird because culturally she couldn't really understand me, even though she's Asian, but, like, mm-hmm. I really, like, when it came back, I was like, I need an Asian-American, like, their, like, right. counselor, like, therapist. I was like, I can't, like, have someone that's, like, not POC at all, and I was just, like, even though, like, when I was on, when I was in college, my, the person that I talked to was white, like, even though he was trying to help me, but then it felt there was, like, a disconnect for me. And I was just like, this is, like, weird. Oh, I could definitely yeah. relate. But I, it's so funny because when you were talking about 13 Reasons Why and Prince Harry, yeah. or, um, I'm, like, a terrible millennial, and I have not <laughs> seen 13 Reasons Why. I, I, ha- vaguely, I vaguely know about, like, obviously, like, why everybody's talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. In, in terms of mental health because I know, didn't they kind of, like, romanticize, like, suicide or something, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something know. like that. The thing is that I didn't really watch it either, so yeah. I can't really comment on what it was really showing, but, like, I feel like that based on articles that I've read, that's what I think people are saying. I believe that's what people are saying. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. No, no, it's okay, because mm-hmm. that's exactly, like, how I got from it was, like, I might have read, like, an article or two, and it was like, oh, okay. But, like, I think you're totally right, because, like, 13, like, so Netflix in general is such a huge platform for, like, our generation, because, like, let's face it, like, people our age who are, like, living on their own or whatever, like, don't have cable, Mm -hmm. so Netflix and, like, Hulu and all that are huge, and then obviously, like, Prince Harry is, like, 
like an icon like Mm -hmm. a world a celebrity right Mm -hmm. so like people like that or shows like that like are big reasons why we like talk about that kind of stuff and it's so funny that you talk about um like the resources on campus at your university and like going to a counselor because like I regularly went to a counselor when I was at um university and like same thing like every person I saw was white I think there might have been a one male counselor that I saw that to be honest to me he seemed racially ambiguous but maybe most likely white but every other person that I saw was white and then I think what's really hard about like resources in general is that no matter I almost feel like no matter where you are in the U.S., it's just hard to get mental health resources, especially if you're, like, outside of school or anything, like, if you're on your own. Mm. And then with health insurance, like, obviously health insurance, like, really, like, kind of doesn't necessarily help, like, doesn't give you as much options. I guess that obviously depends on what health insurance you have, but... For me, like this past year, um, I had a job, which I'm not at anymore, but I was really, really, oh my God, thankful that I had pretty good health insurance and the benefits were really good where I had was able to see a counselor for free for a certain period of time, mm. but it was a good amount of time or a therapist, sorry. And what was difficult for me, which I'm sure is difficult for you too, is I was like no I need to find a POC therapist like I don't care if they're Asian American or not they have to be POC and it took me a while to find somebody and then I finally found someone um she was great and it was actually really ironic because she told me she did her like whenever I think psychologists who are going into therapy like are done school they have to do I don't know if it's called like a practicum or internship or whatever but she said she did it at my university but I wasn't there yet I think she was there like two years before I was a student there so that would have been really like funny if I were there right Mm -hmm. so funny but um she yeah she I saw her for a while I saw her until April and then she went on maternity leave and I'm I'm trying to actually think about hitting her up again even Mm -hmm. though I like I don't have insurance currently but I want to like talk to her at least Mm -hmm. but yeah she was she was actually an immigrant herself um from South America mm-hmm. so she definitely related to the immigrant part maybe not necessarily the Asian American part but mm-hmm. it was definitely helpful to have a ironically an immigrant but a POC because there were things we would talk about that I feel like she understood like more in her heart mm-hmm. more than like a white non-immigrant person um and I think that's a super like important thing is to like be able to find resources and not even just oh like the counseling center at my school which obviously was helpful but like things that resources that fit you because like the reason why the reason why you're going to see a therapist or a counselor is because you want they need they should be able to help you right and so obviously if you know for example, like if I'm a trans person and I would be more comfortable with someone who is LGBTQ or trans, I 
probably, I would hope, I wouldn't want to settle for a cis person or someone who isn't LGBTQ. I didn't want to settle for a non-POC person. I mean, obviously, when I was in college or high school, I had limited resources. Like, I didn't have money, obviously. (laughs) So I wasn't going to go out of my way or I wasn't able to go out of my way to see a POC therapist, let alone I lived in Vermont until I was 18. So who knows if they even existed up there. But, like, I think that's what's really important. Like, it's really hard to advocate for yourself when there's so much going on. If, like, that's, I mean, obviously mental health, that's what we're talking about. But, like, I don't know. I feel like resources need to be, like, more easily attainable. It's just so, I don't know, it's so hard. (laughs) And what's, I guess, okay is that you and I, like, kind of live near a big city. So, like it's easier. I'm not going to say it's the best, but it's easier. But think about like people that live in the Midwest, not near, near, near a big city. And it's super white and it's super like granola. And, you know, like, it's hard to get those resources. So I think, I don't know, like, we have to advocate so that the resources are easily easier to get. Sorry. (laughs) No, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so, it's it's hard because I don't know. I almost like want to start my own like organization that just advocates for like like marginalized people. I don't know. We should start it together. Or something. We should. I feel like I feel like a lot of our friends would definitely join on this boat. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Calling out all our friends that uh, we have. Uh, yeah. Please, please, please do this. We should do this. Um, And I think, I don't know, I think, like, so one thing that I feel like, I feel like a lot of people talk about, like, mental health right now, and it's really interesting to me for this time, and, like, being a millennial, I didn't even know this word existed until I got back, like, or, like, through the internet, I heard about millennial, and like talking about pronouns like I didn't even know it was a thing until like I read like one of someone I emailed like when I was in Taiwan and in her like signature it had like her pronouns on the bottom and I was like oh I didn't even know what it was but it was just like all the pronouns for she like her and those and I was like okay I was like I don't know what this is but okay so things have changed when I was like in Taiwan um and I don't know, for me, like, when they're, like, these, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, you feel these emotions coming, like, feelings coming. Um, and, like, for me, what I do is, like, I just listen to sad songs and I just cry and I write in my journal. That's what I do. And I listen to podcasts. <laughs> and that's what I do to, like, get it all out and just, like, just relieve myself from those emotions um what do you do when that happens like how do you like I don't know relieve yourself I guess I don't know how to I don't know what word yeah it's so like in the process of like really honing down on like self-care and what I really want to do to make you know like make myself feel better um obviously like not everybody necessarily has the ability to have the re- same type of resources, but 
I remember when I was seeing that therapist, um, she suggested a lot of different things to me. One thing was like a group that I wound up going to and it was mm-hmm. like a 15 week kind of group thing. And it was about, um, uh, it was called DBT. So dialectical behavioral therapy. And it was, um, really, and it's really hard because it's, it's a way of, it's pretty much a way of life mm-hmm. and I haven't necessarily embraced it at all, but going to the actual groups was really like useful. Um, there weren't like many POCs in the group, but a lot of the people in the group were like, you know, queer or LGBTQ, which did obviously help for sure. Um, but that type of therapy is really what it, what it kind of hones in on is like kind of seeing the middle. So like, instead of being extremely like logical and rational mind and then extremely emotional mind, like if you can imagine those two things on a spectrum and they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, Mm. kind of seeing everything in the middle. And then as we went to therapy, obviously there were like activities that we did that would, that she would suggest that would help, you know, in case that we ever had moments where our emotions were very heightened or we were in a spiraled state of mind or anything, you know, like things that wouldn't cost any money. And that's one thing that I really advocate for is, you know, everyone talks, and this is a big thing on social media too. Everyone talks about like self care. Right. Mm -hmm. But then not everyone can afford to go to a, to get a massage for $80. Like that's really expensive or not everyone can go and go have an expensive meal at their favorite restaurant. Like spending 20 bucks on a meal is kind of a lot or whatever it is. Cause a lot of the time self care equals, okay, shoot, I have to go like spend money. But like, I obviously advocate, and this is something we did in the group too, was like, Hey, color, get a coloring book. It's like maybe $5, maybe less. Um, what about like putting, if you're in a really spiraled state of mind, what about putting like a cold, like ice pack on parts of your body that you wanted to feel a little bit, you know, calmer? Mm. What about like, I don't know, like what you said, like listening to music, like listening to your favorite music or watching YouTube, like that's something that I do for sure. (laughs) Like I like get down to crazy levels. on like watching YouTube videos, like, Mm. Oh, it's like six hours later. And I'm now I'm watching like the 20th David Dobrik video or Liza Koshy or whoever I'm watching. But like, um, I think that's really important. Um, I really like, I like cooking. I haven't done that in a really long time because of depression. I haven't done that in a really long time. And because like my boyfriend's really, really far away now. And that has like added to the depression and we used to cook a lot together. I mean, I used to cook before we were together, but Mm -hmm. it kind of affected me. So that's something I miss. Um, I like to sing. (laughs) I also think it's really important to have a group of not just friends, but or even family or people who you know that you can text or call or whatever when you kind of, you know, are starting to feel like, you know, you're in a crisis situation. Mm. Um, Like I have kind of like a group of people who I know will either pick up the phone or text me back um at any time of day um it's obviously like 
not everyone can necessarily do that, but mm. if you do have like a core group of people who you know that would do that for you, I think that's really important. I think I've also, I have to redo this, but I've made like a safety plan before in mm. case I start to feel like I'm spiraling mm. or like in a crisis situation, like, um, Actually, I could even just read it to you, but um, it's over. It's over in the corner, so I'd have to go get it. But it talks about like, um, how do you know when? Like, what are the signs of when you're starting to feel this way? Mm -hmm. How do you know? Like, are there specific signs? Like, like physically, mentally, um, emotionally, and then there's like, what are some goals in your life that you'd like to achieve? Like, who are some people that you can you know call or whatever? Um, really positive kind of enlightening things mm -hmm. and like I definitely think something that helps is like honestly do something that makes you happy like yeah if you can afford to go to that restaurant do it obviously if you overdo it that's another issue <laughs> like just do something that makes you happy and if it is like I obviously again recommend things that don't cost money more so but like I don't know and then another thing is like I'm the type of person where if I do call a, like a friend really late at night and like hey I'm having a problem I'm having an issue like I don't know if you've ever dealt with this well like feeling like guilty for being like hey I'm sorry like I'm just venting to you about like all my issues right mm -hmm. now and I'm a friend but like you know mental health and they're obviously a good friend would be like no you're not bothering me like I really want to be here for you and mm. those are the type of people that I think you should not <clears throat> you but people in general like should surround themselves with mm. um yeah for sure yeah I think like for like having a group of friends like I definitely have like a group of friends that I reached out to like when I was in Taiwan I emailed all of them and then they all, like, majority of them emailed me back. Some people didn't email me back. I don't know. But, like, it was really interesting to get all those emails and responses because they're like, no, like, I know, like, you're not, like, it, it's okay. They're like, oh, like, you're sharing this with us. And they were just like, oh. And then they're just like, it's okay. And then, like, you can do it. And, and I was like, oh, so much awesome. love. And I felt so happy. <laughs> Uh, it's just like uh yeah just need to like get it all out um yeah but i don't know i just feel like it's just interesting i just find this topic very interesting and like yeah yeah and like people we know also deal with it and like mm -hmm. it's just like something that i've always wanted to talk about but i didn't know yeah. who i wanted to talk about it with yeah um, so. i yeah. i really think i guess in general is like mental health like when you go to find resources for mental health it's like obviously don't sell for less like yeah. there is a reason why you're going to go see a therapist or go to a group or um i know there's a huge shame and stigma on medication but there's like a reason why you you are going to seek all of this so like mm -hmm. for me like when I was trying to find a therapist I'm like I am not settling for a cis white dude or white woman like I am finding a POC and lo and behold she was great um and 
don't yeah like just don't sell for less don't again like yeah find those core group of people that you know that you wouldn't feel like lesser than or a burden with and obviously if your friend is like yeah you're bothering me right now they're not a good friend so find a new friend yeah they're not a good person and then like it's really hard to talk like intergenerationally about Mm. this kind of stuff but like if there's people that you know who are either part of the same culture or like like you and I like sure we're both Asian American but from different parts of Asia and very different cultures like we can still talk about you know like we still have clearly (laughs) very much a lot of similarities Mm. as far as our stances and like how we grew up and all that so like find your like I don't know, like, comfort, I guess, and talking about it. Like, uh, again, you don't have to be openly talking about it, but if there's, like, one friend or one person or just your therapist who you can talk to, like, great. Like, that's what we need (laughs) for sure. Yep. Um, So I just want to make a disclaimer here that we're both not professionals at this. If you have a mental health, like, crisis or anything, please, please go reach out for help <clears throat> and um, look out uh, the hotline number if you are in a mental health crisis. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, and yeah. I will leave that. I'll leave the number down in the description as well, but Femina, if you would like to say the yeah. number. So this National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, I believe it's just, like, applicable in the United States, but it's 1-800-273-8255. I'll say it again, 1-800-273-8255. I believe there's also a text line, which Mm. I have used, um, which... I'll get that up as well. Um, actually, that might actually just be the same one. Oh, and then I'm going to get the one for um, the Trevor Project, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the Trevor Project. Because uh, that's really important, because obviously we would love our, like, friends and peers who yeah. are LGBTQ to be able to... Um, get help as well Mm -hmm. so okay so the trevor project is um an organization that is like suicide prevention for people who are lgbtq particularly youth Mm -hmm. um i'm sure they would take adults i'm sure um but their phone number is quick interruption femina got cut off and it was because my microphone excuse me my recorder ran out of battery so here is the trevor project number um one eight six six four eight eight seven three eight six okay now back to the podcast so i i'm really obsessed with the try guys if any of you millennial youtube people know they used to be on buzzfeed now they have their own company they made a book they made a self-help book it's called the hidden power of effing up and yeah i 
I didn't want to say the word, but effing up, hidden power of effing up by the Try Guys. Um, there are four guys, three um, white white men and one Asian American, and they basically wrote the self help book. And usually, cheesy self help books are about oh, this is like the path to succeed, or this is how you like this is what these are all the steps you need to do in order to succeed. But their book talks about, I haven't read all of it yet, but it talks about how failing is actually a step in succeeding. And each four of them talk about their journeys and things that they're insecure about or things that that they want to work on. And um, I know holla at Asian Americans who are listening, but um, one of the members of Try Guys, his name is Eugene Liang, he's Korean American, and he talks about his life particularly which is very different than the other three guys um being like korean american um growing up in like conservative the conservative south of the u.s um both of his parents are immigrants like etc etc so it's a really interesting book and like the guys in general are cool to follow um and then definitely follow there's some psychiatrists and psychologists that i follow on um on youtube um there is a i forgot exactly her position she's i believe she's a licensed family family therapist Mm. um she is a white lady but she i like what she talks about and obviously like i've actually been trying to (laughs) comment I don't, I don't know if you a lot of youtubers read their comments but i'm like hey you should collab with a poc psychiatrist you know so she's a licensed therapist um her name is katie morton k-a-t-i-m-o-r-t-o-n katie mm-hmm. morton and i saw her actually on a try guys video so that's why i started like subscribing to her and then um yeah mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there obviously she's not the only one um there are a lot of resources on youtube for sure and obviously like these people aren't necessarily going to quote unquote cure anyone or you know what i mean like they aren't going to necessarily be able to tell you what kind of medication you might need to be on or diagnose you but like they do a lot of cool videos that help a wide range of people. So definitely like look and see what, you know, is accessible for you and what you want to find on YouTube. Um, yeah, I really recommend that because therapy education and all these like groups, they're stupid expensive. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, we need to advocate for better health insurance, healthcare reform, for sure. Um, yeah, that's my spiel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay! Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Um, I have resources in the description box, and also I want to remind everyone that we are not professionals on this topic and yeah anyways thank you so so much for listening i do look at the data on the podcast who listens and i want to thank p 
people who listen from New York, from Massachusetts, Taiwan, and the UK. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. Anyways, see you soon. Don't forget to subscribe and rate, please, 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 please. That would help a lot. Anyways, thank you so much, and I will see you on the next episode.